this is where design can really shine and really um, lead you down a pathway towards greater conversion and um, greater revenues and increased profitability. Because what design can do is it is like this psychological conversation with the customer. Welcome to Touchpoints, a show where we celebrate the stories of direct-to-consumer leaders, marketers, and operators that are creating breakout brands in the digital era. I'm Yao Enning. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Malomo, a shipment tracking platform that believes in helping brands drive deeper relationships with customers. Behind every great brand are great people in the trenches every day, putting in the work needed to help these brands grow and develop. Today, we take an inside look at Tom's. For those of you that don't know Tom's, Tom's is a fashion and apparel company that was one of the first DTC brands to become popular due to its iconic mission, giving away a pair of shoes to those in need whenever a customer made a purchase. They call this the one-for-one -one movement. Tom's took the world by storm as an early pioneer in the direct-to-consumer space and experienced incredible growth due largely to its novel mission and business model. Tom's began in 2006, and a lot has changed since then. To give you an idea, here was the hottest tech from that year. The iPhone was released. Texting just surpassed phone calls. The Motorola Razr was the most popular phone. Facebook was at 20 million users, while MySpace was valued at $35 billion. And Netflix just launched its streaming service. Oh, how times have changed. During that time, Brands had all the power, and consumer trust was built largely through elaborate marketing campaigns, social networks, robust digital experiences, and the rapid dissemination of information was just beginning. Social media and technology like smartphones democratized the power so that consumers like you and me could demand more from the brands that they buy from and access an enormous amount of information. At the same time, platforms like Shopify made it incredibly easy to start an online store, creating an abundance of choice for the consumer. Over the last 12 years, these technologies advanced exponentially and consumers now have the power to get anything they want on demand. This created two challenges for Tom's. Their novel mission became table stakes as thousands upon thousands of brands attempted to emulate the success Tom's experienced by leading with a mission of their own. Secondly, as consumer behavior adapts to new technologies, the digital experience continually moves beyond the desktop into all different types of devices, such as the smartphone, tablets, watches, and even glasses. So how did Tom's adapt its way of doing things to meet these consumer expectations and continue to thrive in this new era of retail? Enter Stacy Carpenter, Director of Customer Experience at Tom's. She was brought on to guide Tom's through these changes. A designer by trade, Stacy's consistently pushing the boundaries, solving consumer problems, and translating Tom's initiatives into an experience that captivates audiences and drives results. In this episode, you'll learn how Stacy revamped the Tom's buying experience when they saw that 50% of customers who understood the Tom's mission bought more and bought more often. How Tom's interjects more touch points into the buying experience, but actually increasing conversions and sales in the process. 
And lastly, how as consumers shift from desktop to mobile, how Stacy turned Tom's into a true mobile first brand that turned the mobile experience into a driver of growth. Can we start off by you walking us through your story of starting as a kind of a designer at Tom's and then moving up the ranks and now leading the customer experience team? Can you walk us through that journey? So when I first started at Tom's, I came in as a UX UI designer. And some of my first projects were auditing our website to see how mobile friendly it was. I actually came from designing and focusing on mobile apps for a mobile cellular company. I came from AT&T, Cricket Wireless. So I brought that expertise to Tom immediately. And then within my role of defining our mobile strategy, obviously mobile traffic was growing exponentially to the website. So that became a more important part of the Tom's e-commerce team, I was able to get promoted to senior UX designer, and then shortly thereafter, UX manager, where I managed our UX and UI team. We strictly focus on the e-commerce business and also telling the brand story on toms.com. And then from there, I took on our content team, which owns all of our digital content and produces content for all of our key product and brand stories, and then received another promotion to director of customer experience, which, where I also took on customer service to have that complete end-to-end -end view of the customer journey from entering toms.com to also nurturing those relationships and the lifetime value of each customer. Stacy rocketed to leadership as the head of customer experience in only four years. She attributes her quick growth through Tom's to her goal-oriented nature. I'm very goal-oriented and I've always worked at very fast-paced companies. So I've toggled in my career with fashion and technology and gone back and forth between the two. But every company that I've worked at has always been extremely deadline driven and has always moved very quickly. So what I was able to bring to Tom's is that importance of being goal driven and being deadline driven and being able to execute upon a vision. When I first got to Tom's, a lot of the groups were kind of just working on projects ad hoc. It was kind of whoever raised their hand the tallest and not necessarily which projects were going to have the greatest impact on revenue, conversion, and also brand affinity and lifetime value. So I brought that more clear focus to the team. And I think that's why I was able to be promoted so quickly because I was able to focus on projects that really moved the needle of the business and was recognized for that. To Stacy, design wasn't just making something look good or function better. Design was a tool to impact the growth and trajectory of the business. She was really intentional about finding projects that could demonstrate tangible impact to Tom's. 
She focused on finding design projects that had direct line of sight to customer lifetime value and brand affinity. There have been so many projects that I feel like had a major impact on the brand and our revenue goals throughout the years, but some of my favorites are we did a complete overhaul of the website. It never actually came into fruition because we had to step away from the project for other reasons. It was a platform migration project, but I was really proud of the work that we put into that project of integrating content and commerce. Up until this point, and honestly still now, I feel like we have separate sections for shopping and separate sections for learning. But what we were looking to do with the new site is learn and shop at the same time. Again, like you can't change customer behavior too much, but you can influence it. And that's where the merging of content and commerce is so important. So when I'm on a product detail page, I not only have everything I need to add something to cart, but I'm also bringing in information about the brand and the purpose behind the product that you are purchasing. So that project I was really proud of, even though it never obviously launched. And another really exciting project that we launched was called Choose Your Country, where the customer had the opportunity post-purchase to choose the country that they wanted their shoes, their giving shoes to go to. And that just gave us a ton of really interesting insights and data into how passionate our customers were about our brand purpose and how we could integrate that experience further up funnel into the path to purchase. What was happening inside the business that uncovered to you and your team that, hey, we, we really need to build a content strategy around the products and the business. We got some really interesting data and research from a consulting company. And what it told us was that 50% of the customers on Tom's.com knew about our brand purpose and had a really high lifetime value and AOV conversion, the gambit. But then the other 50% of customers that came to Tom's.com did not know we were a giving mission-driven company and their lifetime value was lower, their conversion rate was lower and their AOV was lower. So when we saw that, we were like, this is a humongous opportunity for the brand, right? How do we take that 50% and carve out some of those customers and integrate more of our content into the path of purchase to again elevate their shopping experience to get them into that other 50%. It's amazing to think that half of all of Tom's customers had no idea about their one-for-one -one mission. This was a huge insight for Stacy and her team. It was a pretty jaw-dropping number when we saw it. But at the end of the day, I think you always have to realize like people are busy and some people just like the fashion aspect of the shoes. They don't, you know, people don't tend to read. People don't tend to do like the average person doesn't do a ton of research. They might have just seen the shoe somewhere and go, oh, like that shoe is popular. I think I'm going to buy it and really not look for any anything else. Right? Some people are just purely driven by 
the fashion sense of the product and also they just don't read. They just didn't even notice it. Maybe if they look back, now that they were prompted the question, they would notice. But again, people are busy. People have their own stuff going on. And what about the other 50% of customers who did understand the mission? They had a much higher lifetime value. So they purchased more frequently. Their conversion rate was higher. They had a higher average order value. So even though they purchased more frequently, they also purchased more, more frequently. So people that did care about the brand and knew about the brand, right, bought more, which I think probably seems logical to most people, but also it was great to see some numbers that back up what we already thought and also finding ways, well, how can we grow that percentage, but also nurture those customers because you don't want to lose those customers, right? And over time, Tom is special because it was one of the first mission-driven brands, especially the most, one of the more popular ones. But now there are a gazillion mission-driven brands, right? So many people have been inspired by the movement that Tom started. So you need to find a way to nurture your existing customers while still introducing new audiences. So what's special about Tom's is nothing like Tom's existed, you know, 12 years ago. But now, obviously, as you said, there's a ton of brands. In fact, it is table stakes. You have to have some form of mission or some sort of charitable donation aspect of your brand. For Tom's and keeping Tom's relevant, what has been important is just constantly looking and evolving and progressing and researching. So we're actually about to embark on a complete evolution of our brand purpose. And instead of focusing on a direct one for one, we are focusing more on issues that matter to our customers and also creating a stand like we've never really done before. So you might have noticed this past November, our founder went on the Jimmy Fallon show and he announced that we were going to be donating the largest corporate donation ever to a range of organizations that are focused on gun safety and gun control and ending gun violence. So that was something very different and new for Tom. And now we're looking for more ways that we can take more stands on issues that matter to our customer base and our employee base. So I think you'll see a pretty amazing evolution of the way that we approach our giving and the way that we talk about it with our customers. I think there'll be much more involvement with our customers and much more interaction, right? Because it's not, it's, the whole industry has changed, right? It used to be that the company created its values and its product and customers bought it. So it was all supply-based. But now everything is demand-based, right? Customers are creating a demand for products that suppliers are then looking back and filling that demand. And we're trying to shift the way we approach our model and our giving to meet that new business model. 
Tom's believes that by taking a strong point of view on issues that matter to its customers, it can better align with those customers. But taking a stance is not without risk. There's a definite risk to taking any strong point of view in today's world. And Tom's is always lucky historically in that giving shoes to children in need is pretty highly uncontroversial, but obviously gun violence in America is very controversial. So we knew going into it that not our entire customer base was going to go along with us. Tom's is very lucky in that we have a very wide range of customers. So we, you know, we run the gambit. We have blue states, we have red states, we have Democrats, we have Republicans, we have independents, we have, we have everyone. We're very lucky. But I thought what was interesting is some people in the organization actually anticipated a much stronger backlash than we actually got. And the amount of people that came to Tom's because of the stand that we took just way overshadowed any sort of backlash that there was. Because I think at the end of the day, even though gun control is a very controversial subject in America, the underlying issues are not so controversial. Like we really focused on universal background checks. Anyone that goes to purchase a gun should go through a background check. This is something that like 95% of people, whether or not they own guns or don't own guns, believe in. So we really wanted to focus on like underlying issues that are much less controversial than the issue in its totality. What's amazing is we have an entire giving team and they really focus on research and finding out what those issues are that our customer base cares about and also just the larger population cares about. And they also find the organizations that are doing the best work, the most impactful work in those areas. As Tom's refocuses its mission, it's Stacy and her team's job to figure out how to translate this new mission into experiences customers have. Getting customers to buy into a single mission or issue is already difficult. Case in point, Tom's is the pioneer of mission-driven branding, and remember, only 50% of their customers actually knew what their mission was. With the addition of multiple issues, Stacy must figure out how to make their customers aware of the many issues they now support. So what we do is we look at the entire customer journey, right? And every step along the customer journey and also the customer intent along the customer journey. So the way we break it down is engagement, which is any sort of landing experience. Browse, which is when the customer is just kind of researching and going through different parts of the website. And then actual conversion, right, where they purchase an item. And then nurturing. So post-purchase, how do we continue that relationship with the customer and make it even stronger? And then throughout those customer intents, we break down the sections of the site that are go along with each customer intent and then areas of the site that we can impact to merge content and commerce again to elevate that intent 
and also guide the customer down the path to purchase. So one thing that we're looking at is as soon as the customer lands on Tums.com, creating individualized, unique experiences that immediately bring them into our brand. So instead of landing them on a homepage or a product detail page or index page, product listing page, actually ignite a conversation with them and ask them, what is your issue? So give them some options, but say, here are the things that we're focused on. We want to know what you're interested in and have them pick that issue. And then that issue follows them all the way through their path to purchase. And all the way through their path to purchase, we're letting them know how their purchase impacts that issue that they care about. So we're starting simple. We have our overall company values that we have aligned some issues to. And we know that people can be overwhelmed by choice. So we're going to be presenting the customer with four choices. Here are four issues that align with larger buckets, right? We, we are especially here, we're focused on the UN goals for sustainability. So along as a lot of the issues that we focus on are also aligned with global sustainable goals. And so the customer can pick one of those issues, right? And then that carries them through the path to purchase. And then we, you know, we want to see how it goes. We want to gather some data. We want to get some reactions. We want to get some feedback and maybe we'll need to expand out those choices. Maybe we'll need to add uh, other, right, where the customer can enter their choice. But the idea is to start somewhere that is doable and then expand out from there. It seems like, which is kind of interesting, Stacy's actually putting more touch points in the purchase journey between when somebody identifies they want to buy a pair of shoes and when they actually make a purchase, which is actually increasing the customer journey. This seems almost counterintuitive, especially in e-commerce where most brands are trying to reduce the number of places that someone has to navigate to get to the buy button. Why would you add more complexity to the buying journey? The way that we're seeing it is, again, like trying to create a culture in the team of not being afraid to try something different, not being afraid to try something new. We might fail. This might not perform well. We don't know. But if it doesn't, we're going to fail fast and we're going to optimize and we're going to try something different. But the idea is to create a culture that is unafraid to try something different that might go against the grain a little bit and be able to learn and optimize from each iteration. Tom's has a very startup entrepreneurial culture. And I think that really comes from our founder, Blake. He is very entrepreneurial and always wanting to try things. So I do think that is ingrained in the culture and it's unique and special at Tom's. But also I think there's always that human aspect to it is people are afraid to fail and people are often afraid to try new things. So you want that feeling to be widespread, right, across your team and across the employee brace of embracing new things and embracing change 
and also embracing the fact that something might not do well and that is okay. I think that's something that's really hard for people, right? Because you feel as an employee at a company that everything you do should do well, right? Because that will mean that you will reach your goals and you will be praised or whatever else that might come with. But I feel like you should also get praised for trying something and it not doing well because you learn more from those opportunities. Stacy has quite the pulse on customer behavior and how that behavior changes over time. She walked me through Tom's mobile strategy and how it's becoming an increasingly important aspect of the customer experience. So when I first started at Tom, the team wasn't really looking much at the journey and our website on a mobile device. So when it was designed in the first place, it was designed really for desktop, which all designers love because it's big and beautiful and it's great to present and you have unlimited space. And then everything just kind of scaled down to mobile because it was a responsive framework. But they didn't really think about that mobile is an individual device, right? Much like I as an individual have unique tastes and preferences devices also have unique tastes and preferences and the way I use those devices as an individual is different. So, you know, conversion tends to be lower on mobile, right? People are not so used to converting on mobile, but engagement and browsing tends to be much higher on mobile. And when you think of it from a design perspective, you want to design for the way that people are using your website on the device that they're using it on. And that's where that design thinking comes into play, because without design, you're thinking, oh, I designed a website and it scales down and great, I'm done. I don't need to do anything else. But a designer comes in and goes, no, 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 no. Customer intent tells me that the way each customer interacts with a website on a different device is completely different. So you can't just take your design from desktop and scale it down. You need to actually look at each experience and see how you can elevate that experience on the device that is, it is displayed on. Why was nobody at Tom's like really focused on mobile as a, um, as a separate point of customer interaction. So when I first came to Tom's, the company had just launched its first responsive website. So before they didn't have a website that was responsive, that scaled down to mobile. There was a mobile app, but there wasn't a team dedicated to that mobile app. So it was kind of just ignored. So really when I started was the first time we even had the infrastructure and foundation to pay attention to mobile. And that, to, it was, it, I know the iPhone came out, what was it, like 2006 or 2007, 2008? Yeah. But it's interesting. I don't yeah. think people actually started thinking about shopping on websites and interacting with websites on their mobile device within a browser really until like 2013. 2012, 2013, 2014. So it, you know, it took quite a while 
for that even to become a thing. And then once it became a thing, it quickly became a thing because quickly people were on their mobile device, right, looking at websites on a browser. But up until then, everything was either app-based or people were still on their desktops. I also think it's important to remember when I'm at work, I'm on my desktop or I'm on my laptop. I do all my work on my desktop. I do all my work on my laptop. I don't do my work on my mobile device. So it's almost counterintuitive then to force a person to look at mobile and the way that you interact with mobile because all day in your job, you're not interacting with your mobile device, at least if, you know, if you're doing your job. You might be like, on, I don't know, you might be on Facebook, you might be looking at videos, whatever it might be, but you don't actually do your job on a mobile device. And that's what I feel has been hard in the adoption of mobile design and mobile design thinking and that people are still stuck in this desktop laptop mindset because that's where they do all of their stuff. And that's changing, right? More and more people are doing more on their mobile devices, but it's still a, a shift and it's still not changing as quickly as the way shopping behavior is changing, which is much more rapid. Despite the trend with customers moving toward mobile, it's still really difficult to build a culture that forces people to think about experiences across multiple devices. Mobile first is definitely like this big buzzword in the industry, right? Everybody loves to say, we have a mobile first strategy or our design is all mobile first. If I'm gonna be really honest, I think that's like all complete BS. I don't think anyone is truly mobile first and has a mobile first strategy that is a company that um, is focusing on providing experiences across a range of devices. But my philosophy coming into Tom's was always just saying mobile too. So I get it. Desktop is much more fun to design for in many ways. A, you're just used to it. B, there's more space. C, it's what you're on. It's what you're doing your work on. So you just know it better. But there's also something incredibly exciting about mobile. And I wanted to make sure people throughout the organization were just thinking about mobile. So not so much mobile first, because that wasn't realistic, but just mobile too. Don't ignore it. Just look at it. Just every single day, get on your mobile device, go on toms.com, interact with it. Like, what are your pain points? What are your, ish what are your issues? What do you think customers are experiencing on this device and quickly you build a lot of empathy and also a, a culture around wanting to make it better, right? Because you're not forcing it down people's throats or creating some form of methodology that is unrealistic for your business, but just slowly bringing it into people's daily workflows. Stacy was that voice throughout Tom's, making sure everyone was experiencing the site from the side that matters most, the customer. Yeah, I think the job of any designer, right, is to educate and inform about the issues that customers are experiencing. And mobile was a key friction point for the business. So it's easy to create the case, right? All you do is you show the flow of traffic across devices over months and years and you very quickly see that traffic is moving towards mobile and moving away from desktop. 
but also you just need to get people comfortable with thinking about a different device and a different mindset. And that's where the struggle comes in. Like desktop is so ingrained in designers and in organizations in general that there's a struggle, but also every struggle is an opportunity. And that's where I get really excited. Because if everything is easy and you don't need any buy-in because you already had buy-in and everybody just wants to switch really quickly, like then what's the purpose of you being there? What's the purpose of having designers, right? Designers are there to identify problems and create solutions and also educate and inform upon those problems and solutions to the organization. So I see every struggle as an exciting opportunity and also as a reason why I have a job. And her efforts paid off. Yeah, what's exciting is we were able to increase conversion on mobile pretty substantially. And we were also able to prove out that a customer goes on mobile to browse and then comes back to desktop to convert. So you want to make sure that you are enhancing all of your browsing sections so that they, when they come back to desktop, they're able to convert pretty easily, right? And you also want to make sure that those two experiences are connected so I can browse on mobile, come back on my desktop, everything is the same and ready for me to go to my next step, which is to convert. I remember in fifth grade, my teacher walked into the classroom as the bell rang with her typical stack of books and folders. As she laid down her books, she took out her purse and snagged a crisp $20 bill from her wallet. She held it up to the classroom and asked, what's this worth? The classroom was like a pack of hyenas looking at a large wildebeest. That's 20 bucks. I could buy so much with that, we all yelled. She then held up your standard white printer paper and asked, Okay, what's this worth? The class laughed. That's just a paper. It's not worth anything. The teacher then took the white piece of paper and ripped it in half. The classroom didn't blink an eye. She then took the 20 and ripped it right down the middle of the bill. I've never seen kids more upset than I did right there, with any hopes of getting an easy 20 thrown out the window. The teacher said, the $20 bill and the white sheet of paper are essentially made out of the same material. They're both paper. So why did you get so upset at the 20 being ripped and not the white paper? What's the difference between the two? After a few minutes of silence, she said, trust. The difference in the 20 is that you see the green color and the official government marks, and you trust it would be accepted at different stores when you buy something. For a brand, the same concept applies. The brand's logo, color palette, and unique tone and voice are the key components of building trust with consumers. And trust is what helps separate brands from their competitors. This is where design can really shine and really um, lead you down a pathway towards greater conversion and um, greater revenues and increased profitability. Because what design can do is it is like this psychological conversation with the customer. So when I land on a website, I make a decision pretty quickly 
if this website is legit or not. And if it doesn't look legitimate, which is design, right, I'm going to leave. And then I'm done. And that's why design is so important, because design is what makes a customer engage, move down the path to purchase, and also feel like they're doing something that is legitimate and comfortable. And that's what I feel is so important, and that's where the testing comes in, right? Because you want to test into making sure that you're designing experiences that make the customer feel really good about what they're doing and leading them to the next step of the journey. Because you can make one mistake, and it can be the smallest thing. It can be a color. It can be an error message. It can be just a weird-looking design element, and that can ruin your entire relationship with the customer so easily. And that's why design is so key to the customer experience. When thinking about your brand and the focus on design, Stacy is adamant that every touch point counts. I would say every detail matters, and all those little details of the experience create the larger experience as a whole. In design, we talk a lot about micro interactions and edge cases and you know different use cases but every single element within an experience tells the customer about your brand and either makes them feel really good about your brand or makes them feel like something is not right like something is shady like maybe they shouldn't be doing this and what you want to do with your design and your experience is ensure the customer that they are making a great choice. Because at the end of the day with e-commerce, that person is giving you their hard-earned money. And that's a pretty insane thing if you think about it. Like a person goes online, they find something perhaps that they like, and then without much hesitation, they put in their personal data, their credit card information, select a button, and they believe wholeheartedly that that product is going to end up at their doorstep. That's like a pretty crazy thing if you think about it. But that takes a lot of firm belief in that site that you're interacting with because you're giving away a lot of your information and you're also saying that you believe that that item is going to end up at your door without you having to do anything, right? You're leaning on that company to do everything and you're trusting them. And that level of trust is not easy to gain and it's very easy to lose. Really focus on building trust with your customers through your experience. Yeah, and the best brands do it the best, right? I mean, at the end of the day, Apple is just selling phones and computers, but somehow they've managed to create a whole experience around these devices and their customers have so much, not only trust in Apple, but it's almost like a cult, like they believe in Apple. And at the end of the day, 
a lot of the hardware is the same as any other device out there, right? So it's all through the experience of the brand that they've been able to sell this entire story and this entire experience of what you get out of paying twice as much for an Apple product versus a Lenovo product. This is Yao Enning. Thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. Huge thanks to Stacy for sharing her story. You can find out more about Tom's at toms.com. The Touchpoint series is brought to you by Malomo, a shipment tracking platform that lets retailers create magical moments that drive engagement with customers after they buy. To learn more about Malomo, go to www.gomalomo.com. That's G-O. M-A-L-O-M-O. To listen to other episodes in this series, search on your favorite podcasting app or visit gomalomo.com.